Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Monday, April 22nd, 2019 edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine's podcast, Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Zorianis. I am your host, the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine, and a third Don Black Belt. Today on the show, I am joined by 7th Don Master Simon Sher, who is an author, who is a little bit of an Instagram and internet sensation for his kicking project where he posts uh, himself kicking in various uh, venues, um, really worth uh, looking looking at. Uh, and he is what I would consider to be the most flexible man in America. And if you check out his Facebook page at Simon Share Kicks or his Instagram or any of his social media, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And in conjunction with that, he developed a uh, very uh, unique adaptation of a stretching material. It's a stretching band called the Psy Stretcher. And you can uh, find all that information on our um, webpage with all of the all of the links. I first became acquainted with uh, Master Share when he had written an article, uh, which he was kind enough to allow us to republish, called "Developing a Killer Sidekick." I thought it was a very insightful article. I thought it was well written, and I thought that it talked a lot about the completeness of martial arts training and it talked a lot about having the heart to take on the difficult challenges in the training process as opposed to simply honing the skills that we feel most comfortable with. So I think you'll find this to be a lively and enjoyable discussion. Uh, he is someone who uh, delights in conversation and welcomes uh, contact. So I encourage you to follow up, to check out his social media, and to reach out to him for speaking engagements and demonstrations and uh, things of that nature. That being said, I will turn it over to our interview with 7th Don Master, Simon Scherer. Thank you. Very good. Okay, so I am very pleased to have on the phone with me today, uh, Simon Sher. You are a seventh Don, is that correct? As of last weekend. Very good. Congratulations. Wow, our timing is great for a change. That's good. <laughs> uh, so a, a seventh Don, Taekwondo practitioner, um, a writer, a teacher, um, a spokesperson, probably the most flexible person on the planet. Um, I will uh, give you an opportunity to introduce yourself, but I will just uh, inform our listeners, you've you've had some submissions for our magazine, and you've written probably what I would consider to be one of the top three martial arts articles that I've ever read in my entire life, which was, um, I think, how we, we came to start speaking, which was developing a killer sidekick, which I thought was a very practical and um, a very well-constructed um, uh, article um, and, and very practical. So that wow. being said, totally I would have no, absolutely sincere, and I, I use I use it as a teaching tool all the time. 
but I want to thank you for talking with us. If you could uh, introduce yourself, tell us your your name, and you just told us your rank, but tell us a little bit about your um, your martial arts background. Absolutely. Uh, my name is Simon Schur, and uh, I've been teaching Taekwondo for going on uh, ooh, uh, 25 years now. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's something of a passion of mine. You know, I, I got into it when I was young, and it's something that I've always loved that uh, is very close to my heart. Uh, like most of you out there who are probably listening to this, uh, I started martial arts, and uh, to stop it, or when I take a break, it's painful. It's like something's missing. It's a such an integral part of both my life and my you know, my personality, my identity. So uh, I'm sure a lot of you feel that way too. I, I've joked with a lot of, uh, kind of martial artists that I've met with over the years. And uh, we talked about why we're still doing this. You know, people do baseball, softball, soccer. And, you know, they drop out when they hit a certain age or when life gets in the way. But martial arts is something that, uh, if you if you stick with it, you stick with it, and it's something that you take with you when you move, when you travel, and uh, it's definitely that way for me. Something of a passion. Well, that's great. I I, I share that, and uh, for any of the time periods where, whether it be for extended work or, or or injury that you are away from it, I I agree with you. It's 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 the countdown to when you're going to get um you're going to get back into it. So, um and and that's so. Tell me a little bit about your flexibility. I see, I follow you on Instagram. We're going to talk a little bit uh, as we go about the the size stretcher. I'll give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about that. But I Yay. see that well, you fun. have tremendous um, flexibility, um, probably equal to or exceeding almost anybody that I've seen. Uh, generally, again, and, and, and I think this is probably scientifically backed up, right? Women tend to be, um, in Taekwondo, tend to be more flexible generally than men, so particularly even as, as a male. You're, you're, you're so extremely flexible. Is that something that is partially uh, a gift from above and a product of work, or is it 100% a product of work or 100% a product of, of nature? So tell me a little bit about that. A loaded question. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> First of all, uh, women do have generally uh, larger, more flexible hips uh, just because of, yes, genetics. Uh, in childbirth, the hips have to open up, and generally the, the sockets in the hips are uh, larger and uh, differently shaped so that uh, that can be more accommodated, accommodating. So there is a, a biological factor for women being more prone to flexibility. I was actually having this discussion the other day with a friend of mine about the social aspects of flexibility. and. Uh, there's nothing stopping men from being as flexible as women in general, but there's a social aspect uh, to it. I mean, a lot of uh, young men, even in the martial arts, uh, the flexibility aspect isn't pushed or made as big a deal as it is for girls. Uh, girls tend to uh, be pushed into uh, arts like ballet and gymnastics that have a huge emphasis on flexibility, uh, whereas in martial arts, you don't need the flexibility as much, even though it's useful and your techniques can uh, come out more smoothly if you're more flexible. So I, I think one of the, the overall reasons is uh, that, that boys aren't pushed uh, into flexibility as much and consistently as women are. <clears throat> the second is, uh, like I said, in martial arts, you, know, you don't uh, need the flexibility as much, even though if you have it, it's super useful. Uh, boys but what about can your, get what? it, yeah. For yourself, how did you, did you, did someone push you into being more flexible? Did you just have better opportunities or is it something that you just worked on over the years? 
part of it is genetics. I mean, uh, my mom can do a split. My dad can barely touch his toes. So I think I, I, mean, I, I, your, dad, I, I mean, your dad's camp. <laughs> I, I'm in your dad's uh, camp after 30 years of, of Taekwondo, but I, but I try. So, so, all right. So it's part of it's genetics. Okay. But tell, tell part me of it more is genetics, about it. But a lot of it's consistency. I mean, one of the stories that I tell, uh, often people talk about my flexibility is that, yes, I started working when I was young. When I was about uh, 11 or 12, I got my splits. It took me about uh, a month and a half to two months of practicing every day. We had this big bureau in my living room and I used to go in front of it and go into the, my splits and just, you know, push myself further I would ask my sister and my mom to push down on my back to get me some extra pressure. And uh, after about uh, two months of doing this every single day in front of this living room bureau, I finally got down into a full split. I was super excited. <clears throat> and then the next day, I couldn't do it. I was like going to my splits, and I'm like, why can't I get back there? So it took me another, another couple of days of stretching before I got back down there again. And then the next day, it was less time, but I still couldn't get all the way into my splits instantly. Uh, now, after tons of research, I, I, I've learned uh, a lot of the, the biological reasons for, uh, you know, the, the time it takes to return to a split, even after you've gotten it. But then the biggest thing is after I could consistently do the split, and I would do it at tournaments and stuff, and these old martial artists, these uh, third, fifth, sixth-year-old black belts who uh, aren't very flexible, they would come up to me and be like, oh, when I was your age, I used to be able to do a full split. I look and I'm like, well, what, what happened? Now you, right. now you, can't, you can barely kick. And they're like, oh, well, I stopped doing it, and now I can't do it. I'm like, well, why not? And they're like, I stopped doing it. I'm like, well, why'd you stop? Like, I don't know. I wish I hadn't. I took a break in Taekwondo, and now I can't do a split. I'm like, okay. So that was, I made a resolution when I was about 13 years old that I would not let a single day go by where at least for a minute I don't go into a split. And uh, my Instagram uh, project where I do kicks every day has helped a lot sure. with that because you know, I, it forces me to uh, not just do a split, but also post it. Yeah, and people look forward to it, and that's great. And that's interesting in terms of um, the conversation that you had. And is it your position uh, that in, if, if you were to take somebody like that who's been away from it for such a significant amount of time, that that person, given uh, if they were able at one point to do a split, that even though they've aged, even though time has gone by, that they would have the ability – to um, the ability to come back to um, being able to do a split if given enough, um, you know, practice and given enough commitment of time and energy toward that. Absolutely. I mean, barring biological uh, holdbacks like severe scar tissue or hip replacements, I mean, that, I'm not saying that's a definite bar, but bar, barring things that biologically and physically hinder your flexibility, uh, I see no reason why anyone shouldn't be able to get to a split. I mean, there's, there's people I'm talking about who uh, say, I used to be able to do it, but now I can't. I, I think those words that I, that I just repeated are almost uh, a, a hindrance, a blockade to them increasing their flexibility. They see someone do a split, instead of saying, oh, I used to do that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try again, and I'm going to push myself and get back to it. Sure. Oh, I used to do that, don't you quit, or you'll end up like me. I mean, that's, it's, it's almost a comfort, comfort for them. It's like, I used to be able to do it, I made this mistake, you learn from it, because I'm... I'm the senior, and right. my, my example instead of, yeah. It's almost like that, that famous quote that says, I think if you, if you say you can or you can, say you cannot, you are both right, or you are always right. So exactly. I think that I mean, there's, there's, some, there's anchoring that goes on in, of, of, of the brain in terms of, of these types of things. I do agree with that. I have some older students. Uh, they're, they're in the red belt, you know, red belt, black red belt phase right now, and uh, they were never flexible. They uh, – 
you know, never, never, we're, we're never in martial arts or gymnastics or dance or anything like that. But they, they would come and they've been doing Taekwondo consistently with me for a long time. And we do stretch every class and they're determined to get that flexibility so they can do those, uh, those, those smoother, higher kicks that flexibility makes much easier. And from the time they started in the last uh, three or four years, they've made amazing progress. Like all, like all of my adult students are so much closer to their splits than they used to be. Uh, a couple of them are inches away. Other ones are just like a foot or two away. But the progress in the last couple of years is just so dramatic because of the effort and energy they put into it. Some of them go home and stretch every day. A group of them actually have a calling group. They, they all call each other uh, at a certain point in the, in, the, in the evening to check in, to remind each other to do their stretches. That's great. And that that just makes me so happy when I hear it. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so great that you guys are taking that initiative and doing this not just when you come to class. Because that's the only way to, uh, to get there is you stretch every day, you know? It doesn't have to be the exact same stretch, but... I, I think that's such an important lesson, and I see it, you know, with in terms of a from my own training, but b from teaching, is that um, with the even people that go to uh, the dojang a lot, um, you're only there a limited amount of time. If you're not doing things outside of the dojang to improve your performance, you're you're going to some degree limit the, your growth and your and your progress and the trajectory of your progress it's been my experience you have to it's it's hard to do mentally right we go, I, I go to the dojang you know especially because you know when you're there you're committed to it but to find the time and make the commitment outside of it is really really essential to supplementing it in, in my opinion and i've seen that a lot with our students as well i agree but i mean you know just doing it at the same time as you're doing other stuff like watching tv eating dinner if you don't right. have a dog, you eat dinner on the floor and do your splits or what have you. And uh, that could segue us into the size stretcher because uh, that's, one oh, sure. that, uh, that's one of the reasons that I developed the device is uh, because it's so useful in, uh, in, in, in getting and holding your splits in a comfortable position. Well, I mean, great. there's a so lot let's, of let's, products let's, like that out there. But, uh, let's let's, one, talk, let's it, talk about yeah. that. So I've seen, yeah, I've seen you at the spokesperson for it. I did not realize that you were the creator of it as well. Um, I did create so, so, it. I mean, the, the, the side stretcher is a, it's a variation on a number of devices that are out there. So I, 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 don't, I don't think I can claim to have invented it. Uh, I feel like I, I developed it. It's kind of like I took a couple of things from my different products that are already out there, made some changes, and made it more available. Well, that is, but that is, you know, that that is the history of of progress in in any in in any um, you know piece of equipment or any device or, or anything goes on, right? It's, it's, it's generally. I mean, you go on, you go on Amazon. There, there are tons of stretching stretching bands out there, but nothing quite like this. So tell me about it. Tell me about what it, what it is. Tell me about what makes it unique. Tell me about where people can get it. All right. Uh, basically, it's a stretching band. But most of the stretching bands on the market, you can't adjust. So this one, you can go to the stretch position, and it's got pulleys that let you uh, increase, your, uh, uh, increase the, uh, the efficacy, the, the strength, the resistance of the stretch, without having to take it off and put your foot in a new loop. And it's, there's no elasticity to it. So it's not for strength development. It's purely for flexibility. So there's no give. You uh, choose a length that you're able to go to, and you go to it. And once it becomes comfortable, uh, then you can bend your knee a little bit, pull on the string, and straighten your leg, and it'll go further. So you can maintain that stretch position, stretch position and increase your progress like that. There's buckles on it so that if you get stuck or cramp up, you don't have to cut it or injure yourself. You can just press the buckles and release. And it's a, very, it, it's a relatively thin strap, 
So uh, the stretching machine, for example, does a very similar thing. But the stretching machine uh, is giant and bulky and takes up a lot of space and is very expensive. Uh, this can, uh, is more versatile than the stretching machine, but this can fit in your pocket. Literally, I have a, a tent coat jacket and I roll up my fat stretcher and in the winter I stick in my pocket and when I have time I sit down and stretch. <laughs> and it's got a very thin, uh, thin back as well as a, as a band, unlike some of the other products out there. So you can fit it through doorways and you can use it as a pulley for a loop and it can also act as a headrest for, uh, tra for, uh, head for neck stretching and actually use it as a technique to lie down in a traction position to uh, help relax my neck and stretch my neck when I am uh, finished with a ground, a ground, a ground workout like uh, jujitsu or falling. It always hurts my neck, so I use it for that. But it's also more versatile than the stretching machine. You can use it for your butterfly stretch, your uh, single leg extension, lying your back extension, double leg front uh, stretch. But uh, there's, there's a video of it on sizestretcher.com and on amazon.com. So you can go and check out the variations there. I don't want to make this whole interview a product plug. No, no, that's okay, though, because I think it's interesting. And I think one of the things that I observed about it that was interesting to me is one of the things you mentioned is the portability of it. Because a, a stretching machine is great, but, again, it, um, you know, the, the things that we are able to do um, with great uh, ease and the things that we're able to do on the run, you know, if I were to turn around and say, hey, I'm on a business trip, uh, you know, I would love to be able to take a traditional stretching machine with me, but it's just not likely that that's going to happen. It's just too cumbersome. So, so I, I think that that's – so that's great. I think that's a fun story. Really, I actually yeah. went to Ethiopia uh, last summer to teach a, a kicking seminar to the Ethi Ethiopian Taekwondo Federation under this uh, amazing guy, Master Kiros, up there. And uh, he invited me down. And uh, I brought the side stretcher with me. I brought a couple of gifts. But uh, I use it on the airplane. So it, it's a, I think it was a 22-hour plane ride. Uh, it was so miserable. But there's this, you know, this little area in the, in the aisle where I could uh, – I sat down my side stretcher. I went through a couple of stretch routines every four or five hours. And Do we have any you know, videos I, of that? I've got pictures, actually, on my Instagram <laughs> of that. Oh, of that? Really? That's great. i got to check that out. I, I couldn't find anyone to do on the play. Also, uh, when I got on first, I had this empty row, and I just split across all the seats. It was pretty funny. That's so great. That, yeah, that wasn't with the side stretcher. But, yeah, it, was, uh, you know, it rolled up in, in, in my hand in a little ball, and I just opened it up, put it on, and I'm stretching in the aisle ordering issue and uh, we actually just ran out of stock but the new one should be in by the end of this month so uh, uh beginning of may it should be up again and uh, ready to go that's great let, yeah. let me ask you a little bit about your um your focus in terms of your own training and in terms of your own teaching uh and one of the things i'm always curious about is you know because i come from a uh, a background where i have a a school that uh I've been blessed with the, it has a cross section of training, uh, but there are many schools that are much more focused or people's past that is much more focused on competitive sparring. Some that are more focused on, um, whom say, uh, what is your background? Do you have, um, is, is your greater emphasis or passion on either one of those things or is it, is it general? Um, and, and well, I, I feel like <laughs> that's a really good question. And again, I was having this discussion over that. I feel like I talk about these topics a lot because they're so integral to what we do. Sure. Taekwondo isn't one thing. I mean, it's kicking and punching, but there are so many ways to develop these, uh, these skills. And when Taekwondo was put together, uh, the aspects, patterns, uh, tool or pumse, uh, sparring, one steps, uh, competition, they're all part of it. So if you neglect any one of those, you're not really doing Taekwondo. You're doing patterns or you're doing uh, tournaments. 
so if you put all, all of your styles, all of your techniques, and you just develop them for tournaments, for example, let's say there's a lot of people out there who are super into the tournaments, and they train only for the tournaments, either tournament patterns or tournament sparring. And yes, that'll get you points. And uh, you'll get a lot of cool medals. But you're not doing Taekwondo. You're doing tournament dough. And if you uh, train just patterns, and you never do the sparring because you don't like the contact or whatever, I mean, yes, that's good exercise. It's good for you. But you're not doing Taekwondo. You're doing patterns. You're doing dance. Uh, if you're doing just one step, then you're doing one step. You're not doing Taekwondo. So uh, you have to give an equal measure to everything or maybe a bit more to what you have trouble with or what you're struggling with. One of the things I really liked about your article, which I, I sort of incorporated when uh, I speak to students, is that I think it's a natural human tendency to, when we're good at something, to develop that. And I think what you just hit on and one of the things you hit on in the article is that it's probably, if we want to be more accomplished, it's the areas where we're weak that we should that we should put greater emphasis, right? So your article on sidekick, one of the things I, I agreed with is sidekick is the hardest kick, and, and most people shy away from it, whereas they should probably spend more time developing their sidekick because it's so much harder and so much more complicated. And I think that that's a great... Um, it's a great lesson. I don't know. If it, I don't know if it's a conscious lesson on your part, but I think it's a great lesson that you've imparted in, in, in what you've talked about and, and, and in your article. I agree with you. Agreeing with me, one hundred percent. Well, that's good. That, that's wonder, That's wonderful. So, um, but uh, I, I, I see. Um, tell me what is upcoming for you in your uh, school uh, or in your personal competition for the next um, year for the remainder of two thousand and nineteen. What's planned? Um, Another awesome question. So we're actually going to a tournament. We're actually going to a tournament uh, on Memorial Day weekend. So uh, we just started up our tournament prep classes, and it's interesting because this tournament is a point sparring tournament, not continuous. And uh, it's interesting we go to tournaments because you know we do okay. You know some people win, some people don't, just on on average. But uh, it's interesting trying to uh, to teach uh, sparring, for example when there are more than one kind of sparring in Taekwondo. Like if you go to a tournament and, you're gonna, and you spar like you do in class, generally you're not going to do as well. I, was, I watched a video of me competing a couple years ago, and there was a point sparring tournament. And watching the video, I didn't get hit once, but the other guy won the match. I mean, I didn't hit him either, but nobody hit anyone, and he won, uh, because the judges saw his foot hit my hand and called the point. They saw his foot hit my elbow, and it got the point. Interesting. And I think... Yeah, if you, if you follow my YouTube channel and you watch my video on blocking, it's called uh, micro-blocking or taekwondo blocking tutorial. I teach what I call micro-blocking or what, I, what you know, most efficient method of blocking. So that coupled with uh, stepping and shifting, you won't, you, generally you'll get hit very little and uh, it will give you a lot of opportunities to be in range to your opponent. But in tournaments, if you block just enough, the judges are going to see that as a hit. So you can't True. fight the same way you would want to do if you were really sparring in a tournament. A tournament, you need to do big blocks, and you need to move out of the way by a long distance. The judges can't miss it. They can't think, oh, no, he may have gotten hit. So th- th- there's two whole separate, almost martial arts, or schools of sparring. There's uh, tournament sparring, where you're sparring, where you do things that will get you points, which are things that if you were actually sparring would probably get you killed. Uh, right. And on the flip note, you do things that you do real sparring that you're not going to get hit, 
and you're going to hit the other person hard when the opportunity comes in a tournament, you'll lose instantly because those won't get you points. And uh, it's not real sparring. So the way you train for different things is very important. And uh, it's interesting because I've taught my students for years uh, real sparring or class sparring or whatever, uh, keeping your hands up, staying sideways, watching for your best time to attack, uh, avoiding the technique by just enough so that you can counterattack effectively. And uh, now I'm teaching them, uh, you know, we're doing tournament classes. I'm saying, okay, so now uh, block with your whole hand. Don't keep your hand up. Move out of the way and just slap his, hand, his leg out of the way instead of just blocking it and counterattacking. And they're like, what? But then my head's exposed. I'm like, yes, but jump backwards really far. Like, but that's not what you told us before. I'm like, I'm teaching you a different kind of sparring now. Right. This is how you get points. So, right. you know, not be against either kind, but uh, it's interesting because you have to do both if you want to do competition. And you have to acknowledge that you're doing both as opposed to doing one and the other. I was watching uh, drills on YouTube not long ago about uh, different kinds of sparring. Or, it, there was a guy teaching point sparring. And uh, he was trying to make it sound like a lot of the techniques uh, are effective in self-defense as well as point sparring. And I was almost laughing because, right. yes, these will get your points. And uh, you'll do really well in the tournament. If you try to do that in self-defense, you're going to get your butt beat. Absolutely. It's great. It's, it's a great point, and it's a great point about people understanding. You know, I think sometimes people um, who are on the outside see different types of training, and they say, well, I, you know, uh, I don't understand this guy, this person, or this, this gal, or this guy is, a, you know, a, a martial artist, but I don't really see anything there that, you know, I, I, basically when it comes to, you know, bullying up and somebody saying, well, I don't see anything to be afraid because they're um, the way that they, they, they train. And I think you're right. It's, there's different types of adaptations for different circumstances. So when we're doing um, the, the competition of that type, as opposed to when we do, I, I like that we've divided up into martial sports, martial arts, and martial combat. And I think there's, there's, there's different elements of it, depending on what it is that you're, that you're doing. And I, again, I think that the underlying theme is that you need to have an integrated um, holistic training program in order for it to really be Taekwondo, as opposed to simply one, one type of thing. That's very well put. I, I agree completely, yes. Thank you. Well, let me, um, if people want to get in touch with you and they want to find out more about you, aside from the sidestretcher.com, where can they, um, where can they look up and, and find out? I know you, you've talked about a number of things, your Instagram and your YouTube channel. Where would be the, a good, good portal for them to be able to find out more about you and what you're up to? Well, if you want to talk to me or ask me questions or, uh, you know, anything like that, I do seminars, uh, I travel around, anything like that. Uh, Facebook is probably the best bet, Simon Schur, S-I-M-O-N-S-C-H-E-R. Uh, you know, friend me or follow my, uh, my public uh, profile page. Uh, I have, if, you're, if you're interested in uh, the, the article you mentioned is actually based on my YouTube uh, video on uh, the side, on how to do a sidekick. I was about how to do advanced sidekicks, and I have videos for every other kick and aspect of sparring uh, as it relates to kind of uh, developing the technique and the art. Uh, those are all on my YouTube channel at uh, youtube.com backslash Simon Schur. Uh, there's a yellow background in the video. It's mine because my school floor is yellow. The, the mats were discounted, so I, I, went, I went with that as the motif. Very good. <laughs> and, Very cool. Uh, also, Instagram uh, is uh, Simon Kicker. So uh, I post a new thing every day. There I respond to direct messages and comments. So I'm That's wonderful. Accessible. That's wonderful. I look forward to personally uh, – speaking to you further. I look forward to getting more articles, uh, great articles 
uh, from you and, and talking again and following your – I always look forward to see where and who you'll be kicking next. So I encourage my uh, listeners to uh, particularly check that out. Um, it's, it's the less technical aspects, but it certainly is a lot of fun to watch it. Then it's less technical than reading some of the articles, but it certainly is a lot of fun to see where you're, what supermarket or or what holiday display you're going to be kicking uh, uh, at today. So, absolutely. So I thank you. Well, so I actually much for just taking... finished an article. Oh no, Bob. I just no, finished an article on uh, developing yourself as a martial arts instructor. I'll send it over uh, if you'd like. Oh, that's uh, fun. I would, I would love it. I would love the opportunity to publish it. I think your, yeah. your stuff is very well written, and uh, it, it, it always uh, gets a, a very, very positive feedback from our uh, international audience. Sweet. And uh, on, on a side note, I, I do really enjoy your magazine. And, uh, Thank you. It's uh, engaging and uh, uh, thoroughly well-edited uh, articles. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. We, we, we really we, we try to keep the level high on all of these things, and that's why we try to have the uh, – you know, I, I, I try to uh, engage with people that are uh, in the cross-section and are very interesting and, and, and informative. So I always try to say we shy away from the um, my master, my dojang is the best <laughs> article. So, um, That's a tough but, thing but, to do because mine is. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, of, course, of course. Of course it is. So I I've thank you know very much. much. true about me. No, that's true. My and, and everybody agrees. Um, and I thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk to me. And I look forward to speaking to you in the future. And I just wanted to say thank you again. It's my pleasure. I really enjoyed the interview. And if you're listening, uh, thank you guys so much. I had a blast talking today. And uh, we would both love to hear uh, what you guys think of uh, what we talked about today in the comment section. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Have a wonderful day. It was my pleasure. You too. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.